Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Max Flory, and I dive at Miami. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney, and this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Use our link tree in our Instagram bio that gets you to sidelinescout.com. Uh, check out their poolside live package at a minimum. That's your video replay. The controls are very easy to use. I've said this many times before, and every time um, you know, I send one of my divers out to a college or a college meet, they're like, oh, what did you guys have over there? And, and they explain it, and they're like, okay, yeah, we got to get hooked up with that. So do yourself a favor. Get hooked up with the best in the business, Sideline Scout. Um, also, if you're new to diving, check out our Diving 101. That is episode two of the Diving Pod. Um, we've been told it's very helpful for parents and newbies, and it explains the numbers, the letters, how to score points, all of that fun stuff. And then finally, Cowing Robards, if you have a need for an online store with custom garments, whether it's screen printing, embroidery, um, maybe you just uh, are headed over to Mission Viejo for junior nationals and you need team t-shirts, let me know. I will uh, leave my email at the end of this episode. And I'd be happy to work with you. So without further ado, here's Max. All right, Max. So just kind of walk us through how you got started in the sport of diving and kind of how you got where you are now. And then walk us through the recruiting process in terms of what schools you looked at and then why Miami was the right choice for you. Okay. So um, diving has been a huge passion for me since I was a young kid. I was uh, in swimming lessons when I was, I was around six years old at my summer league pool and absolutely hated it every second. So, um, <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was, I was going through the motions and, uh, I'm like swimming. I look over and there's the diving well at the pool and there's kids jumping off the board. And I tried to, um, get out of the swim lessons by proposing to my mom that I should in place of swimming, join the diving team. As I don't know, it was just the thing, you know, everyone, every in the summer league, you go to the, you know, summer opens, the pool opens, you go to the pool and stuff. And so she went for it, signed me up for the dive team. I was able to quit swimming and I, I just loved it so much. I mean, I spent, I spent from the minute the pool opened in the morning to when it closed at night, spent all day at the pool. Um, I would, you know, do this summer league dive practice in the morning and then it would finish and the pool would open and I would just spend all day diving. And, um, since then, I just uh, one of the one of the coaches there who was like a teenager at the time said I should join a year round club program, which sounded great to me. I was like, man, I can do this all year instead of just in the summertime. This is great, which just so happened to be Dominion Dive Club. Um, so <laughs> I joined that and um, did pretty well. I, I, I signed up for like originally like a like a like one session, which was like, a, I don't know, a month or something. And then whoever the coach was on like that level as, you know, said I should come back and I, I joined the year round team and then um, worked my way up to John Appleman's group at the time who he was the head coach and Steph was the assistant. So then I went from there and um, yeah, just, it, you know, kept going and excelled from there. That's awesome. And now what, um, you know, walk us through your recruiting process. What schools did you look at and then why you chose Miami? Okay. What made me choose Miami? I, growing up I wanted to go to Texas just because they were like the best they always won um and that was just like where I wanted to go and then David Dinsmore actually put Miami on my radar I had never heard of him David David committed to Miami and I was like why why would he go there why wouldn't he go to one of these other schools and I had no clue 
I mean, I was like, I was like 11 or 12 at the time. Right. And so I was like, I was like, I had no idea. And then I started learning about, um, Randy Abelman and then Sam Dorman wins a silver medal in Rio. And then I, and I'm like, Oh my God, who, you know, I just, I did, I didn't know. I, I didn't know all of his past success and stuff. So mm-hmm. then that really opened my eyes to Miami. And then it was just a really good fit overall. I mean, I, you know, I love being outside in the sun. I love diving outside. Um, John Appleman actually gave me a piece of advice when I was thinking about colleges. He was like, he was like, look at, look at the diving programs, but look at where you see yourself. If you could no longer dive. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good piece of advice. So I took that advice and you know, Miami was really just the place for me. That, that's all that's incredible i do have to throw this out there i think you owe david densmore a mullet for your senior season <laughs> <laughs> oh man maybe maybe i will i'll he, get a he mustache was, too yeah he was ragging on you guys for not doing mullets with him that last year at accs and zones and nationals <laughs> dude Brody, I, tried, bro- I tried to grow one out for a little bit but it didn't didn't exactly work <laughs> Brody's is so nice. It might yeah. be nice enough for everybody. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just been his look for forever. You know, that's just <laughs> yeah. been his thing. Too good. Um, so who is somebody that inspired you to dive and then ultimately stick with it as well? You know, I saw this question and I had to think about it for a little bit, but the answer is pretty clear for me. Grayson Campbell. So he was a huge, um, role model for me in diving growing up because I was when I when I first joined or when I first got you know into the into the senior level group at Dominion Dive Club um I was the youngest on that team and it was like Grayson Campbell, Ben Shizzle, um Sammy Miller, uh Greg Duncan, um Parker Johnson just to throw a few other names out there people so it was those group of guys and Grayson was just excelling in the sport like crazy i mean he was winning every junior nationals he was meddling at junior pan american games and going to junior worlds and um so from a young age he was a he was a big role model for me in diving and it made me he always pushed me too like he would uh he would um you know like he would suggest to the coach like i don't know if i if i was thinking about trying a new dive or something he would like push it with the coach and he would uh he would always uh you know, just, you know, push me to be better and push me to push me to really, really try to get to my full potential. So he's definitely Grayson Campbell. His name keeps sneaking its way into our, uh, like our arena again. And I'm like, Oh, we need to reach out to him. Um, I, I would love for him to start diving again. That'd be exciting. But, but I don't, I don't know if he would, but. So um, I, was very, I was very sad to hear him retire. Yeah, especially like how he went out. Like he was there mm-hmm. for trials. Like he was in the Olympics and then crushing just yeah, so he can do it. Um yeah. you know, obviously you know like we are super close with Steph. Um, you know, Clarion alum. We love Steph. What was it like diving for Steph Sutton? It was awesome. So a lot of people a lot of people are scared of Stephanie, or at least they were. <laughs> but um <laughs> But back when back when she was the assistant coach and John was the head coach, Steph was the good guy. She what? Was, what? She was, you would go to Steph like if you were um, I don't know if I was if I was scared to do something, I wanted to get out of it or something. You, you would go ask Steph. She would help you out. Like John John was the John was the scary one, and Steph was the Steph was the good guy. I mean, you know, she 
she i'm sure people have seen her like seen her yell or something but it was uh no it was great she was super fantastic she's a great role model to me she helped me become the best person i could be in the pool out of the pool um so she she was just a great person to have around as sort of like an older person that you can look up to and understand like how you should carry yourself how you should treat other people yeah steph just strikes me as somebody who truly just cares you know and she's not afraid to give you a little tough love every once in a while and say hey this is why this is why this is happening this is why you're doing this and this is why we're going to change it but also she says all of that because she just cares so much for every one of her divers 100 she gave me she gave me a rule actually um that was a huge turning point to just uh, the way I carry myself and just my mindset of things is we we were at a competition one time and I didn't do as well as I wanted to. And I was pretty upset. And um, it was, I was visibly upset. Mm-hmm. And she said, you get 15 minutes to mope. <laughs> and after that, you got to smile. You got to walk around here smiling, say, thank you. Congratulations. You can mope for fit, go in the bathroom and mope for 15 minutes, but then you got to come out here smiling and that's it. And, you know, I think that's something there's something there about walking around with a smile after a poor performance that shows a lot about, I don't know, just character and the way. Yeah. You, it's, you know, there's no sense in moping about it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned, um, you mentioned Randy a little bit earlier. What are some of the similarities and differences between Steph and Randy? Well, okay. Certainly, certainly first of all, they both want the best for you. That's a hundred percent. They both totally care. Um, and they're both not afraid to give you tough love either. So, I mean, it's, there's plenty of times when I'll get called out or like, I don't, so me and Randy will have talks about goals and stuff. So we're on the same page and I don't know if there's a day where I'm a little off and I'm maybe not, maybe not, you know, performing the way I should or maybe I'm not acting the way I should you know neither one of them would be afraid to throw a little reminder in there like hey this is you know this is what you want this is what you Mm -hmm. have to do or this is how you got to act so they're both they're both they both care a lot and they Mm -hmm. both will give you that tough love to make sure you're on track to what you want to do that's that's great what's your best Randy Abelman story (laughs) okay that's appropriate that's appropriate yeah I've got a great one I've got a great one He'll, he'll get a good chuckle out of this too. So Randy is, Randy's been around for a while. Um, and he sometimes struggles with technology a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) There was one day when we were at practice and he was, uh, he was like, Hey Max, can you come help me out real quick? I can't, I can't seem to find our team group chat. Like I'm, I've been searching. I can't find it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Just hand me your phone. And he hands it to me. And he's got his emails pulled up. <laughs> he he doesn't even read his emails, I'm told, either. <laughs> he's got the red dot. It's like, it just says XXX because there's way too many emails that he hasn't read. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. That one, that one made me crack up. Oh, it's too funny. All right. So, <clears throat> you know, Max, talk to us a little bit about NCAs. Probably, I think, not what you were looking for results-wise. Um, 
and you came off a pretty strong ACC performance. Probably the, I think you were the first person to sweep since Nick McCrory, but then fast forward to spring Nats, you know, you've really had these high highs and probably for you, a low, low at NCAAs and talk us through like what that was like for you, how it maybe helped your training. And then what you're looking forward to now getting to represent the U S at the world championships in Japan in a couple weeks. hundred percent. I can, I can give you um a pretty deep dive into all of that actually. So that that competition really really helped shape up my spring nationals um but i'll start back at accs the weeks leading into accs i couldn't dive at all i was fully out of the pool because of uh injury and so i had to do whatever i could which the only thing i could do was a lot of visualizing so I spent the week visualizing and just like, I don't know, doing jumps, just like hurdles and stuff and like jumps just to be in the water and uh, visualizing. And then when I got to that pool and was able to have a good performance, what really did it for me was not that I was visualizing, but that I had a plan for every dive. Yeah. I knew what I was going to do and there was no hesitation or holding back or anything. And I guess the lack of practice may have helped in that sense, because um, especially if you're doing newer dives, it's easy to get into a habit of just trying to land on your head mm -hmm. and just trying to get through the dives and get through practice. And uh, that never gives you a great performance. It might give you a decent one, but it won't give you a great performance. So a lot of the dives that I did really well there were because I was thinking about the technique and exactly what I needed to do on them. And I didn't hold back. And if you look at that ACC performance, there were some dives in the 10 meter event that were super poor. Um, and that was because going into that tower event, I had just won the first two events and I started to overthink it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, this was supposed to be my easiest event. You know, that was, that yeah. was my best one of the three. So um, going into it, I, instead of just doing what I did on those springboard events where I was popping everything. And I was just thinking about what I needed to do on each dive and just doing it, you know, no hesitation, no holding back. I was, um, I was second guessing myself. So some of those dives were poorly. And then my first three dives. So I did an inward three and a half. It was short. It was okay. Reverse three and a half was short. It was not very good. Balked on a handstand. And yeah. then I was like, I balked on the handstand and I was like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm like out of it. So those next two rounds, I was like, I got back to what I was doing in those springboard events where I was like, what do I need to do to nail this dive? And then managed to pull out two great dives, um, which brought me back up. So that's, so that, um, just that aspect of understanding that you need to have, you have a plan and you think about the technique and you can't second guess it or hesitate. Otherwise it's not going to go well. That concept really helped me out moving forward. Now we get to NCAAs and I hadn't, I guess, hundred percent learned this lesson yet, but um, at the NCAAs, I was very confident in my diving. I was able to train leading up to it, but, um, and I had uh, the zones. I'll start, start with zones because that, that was a, a stepping stone too. at the zones. I had very steady performances on all three events were very consistent. They weren't personal bests, but they were no misses. It was all very good, but it was good. Like I was saying earlier, you can have good performances by just trying to land on your head, but you're not going to have great performances. So coming off of that kind of instilled a, 
a false hope, I guess, of like, oh, I'm doing great. You know, I'm not missing anything, but I wasn't nailing any dives. Mm-hmm. So I got to the NCAAs and I was a little, I was pretty confident. I've been diving pretty well. And then I blew it and I didn't know why. I was like, I don't know why I dove so bad. My training was going really well leading up to it. And then I was able to think back and realize what I did differently. And it was just, I was like, what, what happens when I dive really well? And I looked at those two rounds in the tower event at ACCs. Those were the best I'd ever done. Those two dives, my front four and a half, my back three and a half bike. Those are my newer, newer dives, the hardest ones on my list for me, the ones I hit the least at the time, the ones I hit the least in practice. And I looked at my three meter event, um, And I looked at just, I was like, what happens every time I do my dive well? And the answer was, I had a plan. I knew what I was going to do before I did the dive. Like, whatever it may be, like, oh, uh, just to give an example, I guess. My back three and a half pike, when I come out, if I have to press first before I reach my arms back, otherwise I miss my hands. Some people can go from the pike right right to the lineup. I get, I get an arch in my back. I miss my hands in the entry. I might land on my head and get a six, but it's not going to, it's not going to go down. Mm-hmm. And so that's just an example of like knowing that you need to do certain things in order for the dive to go well. That's what was really able to give me a good performance at the spring nationals was because I just, I, the week leading into that training, like I had this aha moment of like, I need to have this plan before I do my dives and I need to you know, focus on things like the form and the technique and not hesitate and just do it. Cause that's the best, best shot I have at doing the best dive I can. Cool. Well, I, I think it was very clear. There was something that happened leading in. We, we talked about it beforehand, like, you know, talking to Steph and leading into those finals and, you know, semis and finals. I'm like, all right, Max is doing good in semis. And I'm like, all right, he's got to do that again. And and you you did, and it was awesome to watch. And rumor has it that's the first time you ever balked on a handstand. Steph said, "No, it's not the first." That's time. what Steph said. <laughs> it's um, it's actually third time ever. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's how that's how I got. That's that's why I learned to pike press originally. I was very young. I was at uh like a senior zones or something, mm-hmm. and I balked on my handstand i was so embarrassed i was like i'm learning a pike press now because i'd never want to balk again <laughs> right yeah <Nice. laughs> so max how do you like continue to remind yourself what it takes to maintain that level of focus i mean obviously when things are going well it's easy to fall back into that mentality of hey things are going well. I, I, I got it. Right. How do you re- keep reminding yourself? No, no, let's, let's focus. Let's really hone in on what we need to be doing. Okay. I do a few things. So part of, part of it's being, just being honest with yourself. Um, but I, I do a lot of journaling and I like to track my progress. So I'll, every time I train any dive that I'll do in competition, I will write down how many of them I hit out of the amount that I did. And so I keep that track every time I do any of my competition dives and training. So I can always look back and see, you know, oh, I hit this one two out of four times. That's only a 50% rate. That's not very good. Yeah. You know, I b- b- bump that up. And chances are, if I'm not hitting something, it's probably because I'm not focused on what I need to be doing. I mean, there are t- some times where you might make the correction and you don't hit the dive and that's, totally good. And I'll, you know, you can make a note of that in there and I'll write down key points, 
that I need to be thinking of when something like that clicks in practice. But um, keeping a journal is super helpful because you're able to track your progress and you can physically see it. It's not just like in your head and you forget about it. Um, I also meet with a sports psychologist once a week when we have at school here. So um, between those three things, it's like a lot of reminders. Like he'll, I'll meet with him in the week and he'll be like, Oh, how did this go? You know, what, how have things been doing? We'll talk about it. It'll remind me um, what I need to be focused on. And I can, you know, every time I write down in the journal, it's another, it's all, all these little things are just reminders that keep you um, focused on what you need to be doing in practice. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are you most excited for? for japan and then who are you excited to see there oh who am i i'm I'm excited to see rakuto yes oh my god he has been going crazy lately i mean (laughs) i watched him at uh at the montreal world cup a few weeks ago and he was looking spectacular yeah Um, that that 207b is killer it's beautiful it's beautiful i mean i've never seen a takeoff that good you know it's better he jumps higher than the chinese it's perfect form i love to see it so uh, yeah i'm super excited to see him dive um but really i'm just excited to get sort of my breakout experience on the world stage from an individual level um i've i've been lucky enough to be a part of some of the team events and some of these other meets so i've gotten a a small dose of uh individual experience which i think is all helped with my Mm -hmm. uh, performance at spring nationals gaining confidence individually and stuff but um yeah, I'm super excited to just break out on the world stage individually and just, you know, try to give the best performance I can. Awesome. Incredible. So Max, I think you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what area do you feel you've kind of grown the most since you began diving? Since I began diving? Yeah, uh, probably, big one. Probably, probably willingness to learn. I was a bit stubborn when I was a kid. Um, I didn't really want to listen. And so... Um, all, I'm all for advice now. You know, I love hearing how I can be better. And I mean, that's the, it's the best way to get better. It's just to, you know, take, take some advice from your coach, not just my coach, you know, whoever, Mm. whoever is willing to give it, you know, other divers, other coaches, whatever. I mean, there's, there's something to be learned from everybody. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that's changed for me. Even if it's what not to do, I think is what I always tell people. I'm like, sometimes a coach might give you a piece of advice and you know, right away, like that's not right. And it's like, that's okay. (laughs) It just teaches you. All right. I'm not going to do that. That reinforces. I think don't don't write anyone off either. That's true. Some of of the best tips or the best advice I've gotten has been from the most unsuspecting people. I mean, you could, you could, uh, like a 10 year old kid could say something that just changes your life. Well, it's crazy because you might get a piece of advice maybe i mean maybe about a dive where it's like a 10 year old just sees it differently they say something so yeah. simple to you and it's like oh Certainly. i've been thinking so this is like crazy hard in reality it's like oh look they just are like oh you got to do this and it's like ha there you go <laughs> max what's your favorite diving memory mm. i've got a lot of good ones man I, I mean i love this sport my favorite i think has probably got to be when I learned my first 10 meter optional ever, ever, uh, it was a huge, it was a huge moment for me. I, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was pretty crazy. I loved diving. So like I said, I spent all my time at the pool. Um, before I joined any sort of club team, I was teaching myself dives at my summer pool all the time, just cause I loved doing it. I wanted to try things out. Um, so first time I ever did an optional on 10 meters when I was diving with John Appleman, um, I was, 12 years old 
and we used to have to go up to Rockville, Maryland mm -hmm. to train platform because we didn't have a 10 meter at our pool. And so it was Monday and Thursday nights. We would go 8 to 10 p.m. at Rockville, Maryland for tower practice. Oh, man. <laughs> it was the only time we could get. So there was one night I was about to go and John text, send a text to my parents or something. It was like, hey, I guess there was like a little bit of snow or something. He was like, oh, a lot, a lot of people are canceling. Do you still want to come to practice? You're the only one that wants to come. And I was like, yeah, of course I still want to go. Mm -hmm. So then I got there. And he was like, well, what do you want to do today? Like, you know, what do you, what do you want to do at practice? And I was like, oh, uh, the last week he had started teaching me some lead up, some five meter with his intention of me having a 10 meter list when I was in the 14, 15 age group. Mm -hmm. Started teaching me some back one half pikes, back double pikes, reverse one half tucks, reverse double tucks, things like that. And I was like, I was like, I'm going to try those on 10 meter today. <laughs> and he was like, you sure? <laughs> you sure? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, it was first uh, first optional I ever did on 10 meter. I did I did two that day. I did back two and a half pike and I did reverse two and a half tuck. But back two and a half pike, I remember standing up there so scared. <laughs> and it was all I mean, just doing it and like surviving the dive and landing fine was it was just a great feeling. I mean, you're so young standing backwards up on 10 meter, it was terrifying and it was exhilarating and it was like everything that I loved about the sport. So that's gotta be my favorite moment. That's cool. That definitely tracks because there, there are dives that live in my brain that I can, I will never forget watching. And one of them is you doing three Oh five C you oh. used to have the most wicked, like you'd kick at the water and you, I swear you never missed that dive. It was nuts. Thank you. Thank you. I love gainers. Maybe, yeah. maybe one day I'll do a three Oh seven like that. If I <laughs> You will. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's neat because, um, you know, we interviewed Max Weinrich recently and he said something similar and I got to go to this, uh, this event and sorry for this aside, but I had, I went to this event with my dad this past weekend. It was the NHRA drag races. Okay. And they run these nitro dragsters and they go 332 miles an hour and they go a quarter mile in three seconds. <laughs> and it is so wow. insanely violent. And, so I'm watching this. And I'm like, dude, they have to have something wrong with them to want to do that. Like it's <laughs> nuts. And then I had this epiphany and it must be like you tower divers that at a young age, these people did this one time and they're like, that's it. Yeah. That's the adrenaline shot I want. Yeah. And anything else is just boring. Yeah. And I'm like, that's yeah. what it seems like. Like hearing you talk about, it, it's like the first time I did it, I was hooked. And that's, that's just, it's neat to hear that. Yeah. Like you can see the love and you can just hear the love of the sport in your voice when you talk about it. 100%. And I mean, it's just, it's such a weird feeling too, because it's, it is deathly terrifying. And like, you can't stop at the same, like it, it's all you want to do. And it's so scary at the same time, like, especially when you're that young and 90% of the sport is new for you. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So this one is a new question we're starting to ask. If you okay. don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But the parameters are this, it has to be an incoming freshman into college or older. Who would be, and you can go from it from the men's side, who's the top diver that you want to send to a meet, one meter, three meter, and tower? That's one person that has to do all the events. Who's going to do the best as a U.S. diver? As an incoming freshman? Or, or, or older. It can, it just or We're older. kind of putting that as the youngest mark, if that makes sense. To do one meter, three meter, and tower? Yeah, like all around diver, pound for okay. pound. You you can pick yourself if you think so, too. Okay. Um. I think I'm going to have to say Josh Hedberg. 
Nice. Interesting. I like it. That's I've awesome. Seen him, I've seen him dive springboard at Junior Worlds. Crushes it on there. Um, and I'm I, I like to pick the younger side because I'm with you. I mean, we all we all everyone like our age and up, like you know, in college and older, they all we've all seen each other dive. People have you know, a lot of people have started to switch from all three events into one. Right. And I, I think it's I mean, Josh, he's killed it on all three boards, and I would love to see him continue to do that in college. Yeah, I think I think we lose that a little bit. Like you see it in juniors, like you do all the events, and then as you kind of get to college, you maybe pick your coach because like I know I want to be a killer tower diver. I'm going down there mm-hmm. to Purdue or Randy or whoever. So yeah. I like that pick. That's a cool pick. I think it's a necessary evil though. Because yeah. the level that people are diving at these days, you you gotta focus to and there's only so much time in a week, you know. If you wanna yeah. if you wanna really be top notch, you you're gonna have to focus some of that energy. So I totally agree with you. And and that also brings me to the um the Anaheim Angels pitcher slash oh, batter. Yeah. What, what's his name? O- Otani or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like the fact that he is still doing both at the highest level is just insanely impressive. I mean, that just doesn't happen. You're right. Yes. I think it's a necessary evil. You got to specialize at the highest level. I'm not saying mm-hmm. at a junior yeah. level, Yeah. Um, if you want to be the best. Right. And right. to see some people do both. I just saw Steph Curry spin a 175-yard iron shot the whole day. I'm like, how do you – like, this guy can do this too. It's unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's divers that are like that too. If you look at Cao Yuan, he's got an Olympic medal in every single event. And you look at people like Patrick Housding, he dove for yeah decades and did almost every <laughs> event. So I mean, it's not it's not impossible. It's just uh, it seems to be with the the level that things are getting to, it seems to be more and more, I guess, favorable. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, so let's talk about uh, like your routine during big meets. Number one, what does that look like between dives? And then number two, how do you structure your list? Okay. Okay. So routine, like during competition. Yeah. During competition, I really will just, I kind of base it on how I'm feeling. I, I typically listen to music, really like music. Um, I like to listen to different kinds of music for mm different moods and to try to get energy up and um, just whatever I'm feeling. So I like to just find a spot on the pool deck that is away, like, you know, as away as I can be. I mean, at the, at the spring nationals, I was like behind the the curtain that was the backdrop of the medals somewhere yep. where I can't see the pool at least, or if I can find a little hallway, that's awesome. And uh, just sit there and listen to music and get ready for my next dive. Cool. And then list wise, how do you structure yours? Mm, okay. I, I like to end on an exciting dive that I think I can hit. So I typically try to go for high DD last round that I think I can hit, or maybe if it's a little tough for me, if I can hit it, like with the pressures on, then I can hit it. So like in our synchro list, we end on one Oh nine, which isn't one of my strongest dives, but it's one of those where like, it's got that factor of DD and stuff. And I feel like if the pressure's on, you can hit it. But so I like to end on the triple in because it's a great dive for me. It's one of my best dives. It's one of my most consistent and it's got that DD factor and the excitement factor that I really like to have in the last round. Um, but working from the beginning, 
I like to open up on handstand. Uh, that kind of goes way back to when I was a kid and I used to be nervous for balking. So I wanted to get out of the way first and it just kind of stuck. I like opening with it. It's a little bit higher DD. Um, it's usually a pretty solid dive. So I don't mind opening with it. I do my inward next cause that's my worst dive and lowest DD. So I like to get that out of the way. It's nice to have like a solid one in before I do that. Yeah. So then I do my gainer three and a half next, which is probably my best dive. I do it right. So I sandwich the inward in between those two. And then um, back three and a half next. Kind of like to do backs and gainers together. I don't really mind, but um, back three and a half is a, a decent one as long as I get a good top. Front four and a half is iffier for me unless I unless I have that mojo going. So usually towards the end of the list, I feel um, it just feels like a comfortable spot. I kind of like to load the back half of my list. So putting the back three and a half pike, then the four and a half, then the triple in and the back half. I like to have the extra DD. I like to have that. I don't know. gets me kind of excited and uh, it, it gets to like the right kind of nerves in the moment. Yeah. I feel like you can gain some momentum too. If you hit back, then you mm -hmm. hit front. And it's like, all right, game on. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Certainly. So I like to have, you know, handstand's a decent one. Inward's a weak point. And then sandwich that between my best one, gainer right in the middle. And then that sets up the back half for yeah. the like, heavy hitting dives. Yeah. Cool. Killer. All right. Recommendation for a book, a movie, and a TV show. Okay. Book. Um, I love both of David Goggins' books. Yes. Fantastic. Read those this year. They're great um movie have you, listened, have you listened to the audiobook for david goggins no but i should i've heard it's, it's really good there's like some different stories in it and it's okay. incredible you have to check it out i'll check it out i'll check it out for sure movie i'm gonna say the platform i don't mm. know if you guys have seen that one it's really I'm good not. it's kind of like psychological it's about this guy who is in like a it's like a prison system kind of it's that that french movie right i believe I think so yeah it's a foreign film though, right? Yeah. Yes. I've seen this. It's awesome. It's good. It's really yes. good. Yes. Um, and then but continue. Yes. And then TV show, I would say black mirror. I really like, I really like the sort of uh, psychological shows and movies and stuff and things that kind of, I don't know, make you think or make you go like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Have yeah, you got cool. caught? Have you got caught up on the new season that just released? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm nice. a few episodes in. So nice. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. I got to check that out. I think I've only watched like one episode. And like you said, it was a thinker. And I was like, I don't even know if I can get my brain to like go down this pathway. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it though. They got some, they got some good episodes. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what's your favorite food? Mm, probably steak, but I've been, I've been in a huge mango phase lately. We've got the mangoes are blooming right now and randy's giving me a bunch from his tree that are just like delicious like the best mangoes i've ever had just because like i don't know they'll, they'll fall in his yard and he'll he'll hand me like a, a few of them they're, they're fantastic so i guess that's my answer for now yeah for sure and then um you mentioned you listen to a lot of different music mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite genre or like what's your go-to's yeah i love house music um i really like going to see live music so um in my downtime when I'm not training and stuff, I'll go out to watch a lot of concerts and stuff. Uh, primarily house music. Miami's a great spot for that. Yeah, certainly. I've gotten <laughs> to see I've gotten to see a lot of really cool shows here, actually. Yeah, I'm jealous. That's kind of my vibe as well. So. Yeah. Uh, what's a fun fact 
about you that some people may not know? On that same topic, um, I'm pretty good at DJing myself. Nice. Ah. I, picked it up. I picked it up in the past year or so. I bought myself a little piece of equipment and have been doing it for fun. And it's a great hobby. I always, I can spend hours on it. It's a lot of fun. That's, that's cool. Do you have any like, like tracks that you've created? Mm, not, I, I created one. And then my laptop died and it got erased. Oh no. <laughs> but um, uh, since then I have not, and I, I didn't have a backup of anything, unfortunately, oh. <laughs> I the hard way. And now I have, now I have a hard drive that I back my laptop up. Yeah. There you go. But, um, but no, I've, I've, I've made one track. It got erased. I haven't, I haven't gotten back into that yet since then, but maybe yeah. in the future. Yeah, I mean, high-level diving going on, right? There's uh, there's probably not a ton of time to just really grind on that. So yeah, um, so we're going to get into our signature questions here. We don't treat failure like it's a bad thing. We treat failure like an opportunity for growth. So from that perspective, what would you say your favorite failure is or just your best opportunity for growth? Well, it's a tough one. I... I used to hate failure so much as a kid. And I mean, like I told you with Steph, like I used to mope whenever I, was, I would never be able to get anything out of a bad performance because I was just like, I was, you know, so focused on results instead of the journey. And I just, you know, I, I couldn't see any, I would, I would, well, not that I couldn't, I refused to see any sort of lesson in it, but obviously I was younger. I've since then grown to love failures because they have led to all my biggest successes and biggest learning curves ever. So it's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, we've touched on a few this year that have been super pivotal, pivotal points to me and my diving. So yeah. those, I mean, the NCs was a good example. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I kind of reworded my signature questions here. I wasn't super pumped about the way I was wording that second one there for the listeners. Um, so I just reframed it. What are you doing to improve? We can always improve. So what are you doing? I'm trying to make sure I train smart. Um, I have a tendency to get super excited about stuff and go a little too hard or go or try to integrate things too quick. And, um, it does, it, sometimes that can backfire. You, you know, you got to take things a step at a time and build up to stuff. Um, an example of that would be like pumping up your reps on 10 meter so you can get, you know, try to get some more consistency or more practice, but if you try to pump them up too quick, you're, you know, having a huge risk of injury. So just trying to be smart about the things I'm doing and trying to stay healthy so that I can keep training hard every day instead of taking myself away from any of the progress. Yeah, that's, that sounds great. And then my final one is what's your, why, why do you love diving so much and why you keep doing it? It's like what we touched on earlier when I learned that first 10 meter optional. I mean, it just goes back to when I was a kid and I was at the pool for, you know, from sun up to sundown, just spending all day diving. And, you know, that was before there was any competitions that was before there was, you know, a national championships, a world championships. That was before there was a college scholarship. That was before there was, you know, it was just, I was just a kid that liked to dive at the pool. And that's all I wanted to do all day when there was nothing else. There was no recognition. There was no competition. There was no anything. And it was just what I wanted to spend time doing. And I mean, I had a birthday party when I was a kid um, and I had my birthday party at the pool 
and we had invited all these kids from my class and I just went over to the dive well and just dove the whole time. And so my mom had to organize all these games for the, all the kids that these parents sent here <laughs> and they were all playing in the pool over there playing these games. And I was by myself over on the diving well, just diving. Cause that's what I love to do. So, I mean, that's my why just, um, just cause I love it. And, um, you know, whatever comes with it is just a plus because getting to do it is the, is the gift. It is the whole purpose. So that's, that's really cool, man. Yeah. That's a great story. All right, Max favorite drill to do favorite drill. Um, everybody's standing three Oh five C on three meter. I've, I've always been a huge fan of the gainers. So that's, that's one I really like to do. It's a great I, feeling when you go down. I, I just got my, uh, my one boy diver, uh, college diver to do that on three meter. I was like, listen, you, nice. if you want to get a three Oh seven, like, let's do this. Let's not yeah, waste time. Man. It's, it's that's safe. Perfect let's starting go. Point. Perfect and he, and he point did it. And like, it's not bad. He's like, wait, that's not so bad. And I'm like, if you can do this, imagine what you can do with a takeoff now. Yeah, like, man. It's so that was a, that was a big step for him. We got him doing that and standing one Oh seven C on three meter. And he's like, that's another good one. Love he's that. like, Oh, this is, this is fun. So yeah, that's yeah, a great man. pick. All right. Best advice given and or received best advice I've received. We've, we started to touch on this a little bit. I, after that spring nationals performance um, I'm sitting in the airport with Dario. We're having like dinner and uh we're kind of talking about things moving forward, you know, how, you know, how the meet went, what we're going to do moving forward at home. And we're bouncing these ideas off each other of like things we think we should start doing and training and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like I said, I mentioned, you know, a little bit ago, I was, you know, getting pretty excited thinking, Oh, I should do this. I need to do this and this and this. And he was like, you know what I think? And I said, what? And he said, I think you just need to focus on diving your best. And that was the best advice I could have received because it was one of those moments where I got caught up in everything. And it's, it's like, it doesn't, doesn't matter what you do. You don't need to do a certain number of reps or a certain number of drills or a certain type of, uh, of workout or whatever. I'll, you know, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but yep. if you, if I can go into practice every day and focus on getting better, that's the most important thing. So I think that piece of advice is probably the best advice I've received in a while. Dario just seems like a very like grounding person. Like he almost just seems like he's always that figure that's kind of telling you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Certainly. And I mean, he hides behind, uh, he hides that behind uh, his funny personality and all the <laughs> jokes and stuff, but you get him, uh, you get him one-on-one. -on -one, he will, he will give you very good advice and he will always guide you towards what you should be doing. And, you know, in, in that conversation, he brought up, so many things that I hadn't thought about. And I was like, man, I, you know, I can really tell he's been pondering over these things for a while and he really has a plan here. So it was just cool to have that conversation and receive that advice. It's been the most helpful for me so far. Yeah. Who would you like to hear us interview next? I would like to hear you guys interview Dylan Reed. Oh yes. I've heard yeah. horror stories about you and Dylan Reed and what you did to <laughs> Steph Sutton. <laughs> so me and Dylan weren't friends when we were at DDC, really. Like, I mean, we were kind of friends, but like, right. we get into arguments a lot. Um, it was after COVID that we really got super tight. I mean, we're really, really close friends now. Super cool guy, but him and I are pretty similar. You know, we were both pretty stubborn as kids and 
Um, we've both done a lot of growing up over the years and he's, he's a great guy. He's got a great mindset towards diving and towards life and would love to see you guys interview him. Awesome. Yeah. He's, he actually just has sent us some stuff. We're doing a, that 305 C contest I mentioned to you and he sent one to me because you picked my weak spot and I'm like, listen, we'll make it, we'll make this work. Don't you worry. (laughs) So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And then one question, those are fun. It, yeah, it's been a lot more fun than I ever thought. And like we started it and then like, after we started, I'm like, oh, Aaron, we have to like give ourselves a week to then like Aaron and I to brainstorm like, oh, dang, we should have texted Max and been like, hey, send us your best 107B. Like you definitely have a wicked one you put down, you know, and it's like we need to like reach out to these people that we know have the videos. And like, mm-hmm. I, no offense to all the amazing international athletes we put in. I'd much rather put a bunch of American athletes that like we've been able to interview and, oh, and yeah, just yeah, pump yeah. your guys up more. So make it know, more we, personal and more fun. Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot more engaging than we thought, and it's been fun. So, like, Mia will text us or message us, and she's like, dude, I, like, live for this every day, like, to see which (laughs) ones you're putting up next. So I'm excited to uh, bust out the uh, the 305C ones here in probably about a week or so. But um, it'll be fun. All right, so what question are we not asking that we should be from the the athletes and coaches we interview? Okay, Um, that's a tough one because you guys – you guys pretty much, you guys pretty much hammered in. I mean, you cover a lot of great topics. I would love to, I would love to maybe hear more specifics on like, ad, like coaches advice on training or like mm-hmm. um, what specific, I don't know, like, like the, like the advice, like if you ask a diver, what advice has been great. I love hearing that or hearing, mm-hmm. uh, hearing what's helped other people improve their diving, or if it's a coach, what they do that, really helps improve their athletes, whatever works. I love yeah. hearing about that stuff. So that'd be cool. I like it. Well, Aaron has had, I I've told Aaron, I think this is an amazing idea. He's been talking about it for like a year. So, and it's all Aaron. He's like, we should do video breakdown and put it on our YouTube page. Cause we kind of are starting to do a YouTube thing, not with the videos from the interviews. And I'm like, Aaron, I don't want to put out there like, cause I'm going to say something stupid and someone's just going to eviscerate me. I'm like, but if you could get like a Steph Sutton and like, Hey Steph, here's a front takeoff. What corrections would you give it? Or like, you know, who do we think can coach a killer rip entry? And it's like, hey, correct this and just keep pumping them out and like put a little tutorial on. I think it'd be cool. But I like what you said of like, what what advice, what corrections have worked for you? What was a breakthrough moment? I think that was a great phrase you used, like a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's a great, great, great route to pursue. Um, You know, as always, Max, this has been awesome. It's been a real pleasure getting to know you from like, winters all the way up through like i've mm-hmm. like i say it's like weird now because i'm 31 and it's like oh i remember watching you when you were doing 305c on 10 meter and it's like just destroying the dive and now it's like dang this guy's about to go represent the united states at the world championships that's <laughs> freaking awesome dude it really like it's not the dream it's one of like it's a step in the yeah, way towards the certainly. dream and that's awesome certainly. so thank you so much for joining us tonight um but aaron the, the floor is yours but max thank you so much for joining us it was awesome to talk to you thank you for having me yeah, it was cool. We got to meet your family as well at NCAA's. <laughs> they were a they were a blast to uh, chat with up in the stands there. Um, so we we definitely have some rooting interest in the Flory family. There's no yeah, doubt about it. Great. I mean, they're they're huge huge to thank on everything. I mean, my parents spent hours and hours driving me all over for practice. I mean, we they would drive me up to Maryland and then drive me home after eight to ten p.m. You know. Yep. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like we were close, you know, so they, they have done everything to support me diving 
just because I love it and, you know, can't thank them enough. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, if you're out there listening, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us some questions. Uh, T-shirts and hoodies still available. Divingpod.itemorder.com. Enter dive pod at checkout. That gets you free shipping. Uh, once again, thank you so much, Max. Fun to talk to you this evening. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time.